Welcome to POP. My name is Pastor Tony Katko, and this is a shortened version of our sermon from August 7th. This week in our series on aging, we're thinking about bearing fruit in old age. And so we looked at the story from Genesis where Abraham and Sarah unexpectedly bear fruit, having a child in their very old age. This story starts in Genesis chapter 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. I love this detail at the beginning of the story. The Lord appears to Abraham. So from the very beginning, the author cues us in, something big and important is gonna happen. This is a big deal. And what is Abraham doing? He's just hanging out. He's sitting under the shade of the trees outside his tent. It's just this hot day in the desert, not much going on. Now remember, Abraham at this point is 99 years old. He's pretty old. So he's thinking about whatever a 99-year-old would be thinking about. And what would that be? Reflecting on his life, maybe. Or reflecting on the changing world around him. Or maybe he's just thinking about what's for dinner that night. Whatever it is, I imagine that at 99, hanging out at home, you know what to expect out of life. You've been through a lot and you have a pretty good picture of what the rest of your life, the last few years, are gonna look like, and there really aren't any surprises left for you. I think that the author mentions this normal day in the life of an older person for a reason. Because even when we think that there are no more surprises left in life, God might have something else in mind. I mean, God is about to change Abraham and Sarah's life in a way they would never have imagined forever. You never know what surprises God has in store for you. So it continues, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. Now the text doesn't tell us whether Abraham figured out that this is God come to visit, but he acts like something important is happening. He bows down before them. And this Hebrew word for bow is the kind of bow that you would do in worship. This isn't just a normal greeting. This is a deep bow used to worship. And then Abraham tells them, all right, stay here. I'll get you some water so you can clean up. I'll bake you some bread. I'll bring you some food. And then Abraham goes into the tent where Sarah is. Now this is traditionally where the woman belongs, the woman's domain in the tent. So Abraham tells Sarah quickly, Make me three loaves of bread. And then Abraham goes to a servant and says, here, slaughter that calf, grill it up for me. And then, it's funny how this happens. Abraham takes this food that he didn't prepare, his wife and his servants prepared, and he brings it by himself to these three travelers. He says, here's this food that I made for you that I promised. And then he doesn't invite anyone else. It's just Abraham who's standing with them, eating under the trees. But then they said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. I think this is an important question. And it's not one Abraham would have expected. Like, why do you care where she is? My wife's in the tent where a woman should be. But don't worry, I'm here. But God wants to make sure Sarah is a part of this too. God makes sure that she, she can hear. And so God continues with this promise. I will surely return to you in due season and your wife Sarah shall have a son and Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. It's like, it's not just about you, Abraham. My news is for you and Sarah. She will give birth to your child. And the text says why this is so unbelievable. 
Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It says it twice, like really old. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women, which is a nice euthymistic way of saying, look, she's been through menopause. Pregnancy should not be a possibility anymore. And Sarah, of course, overhears this traveler and here's how she responds. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? So Sarah laughs, and then God, who's standing right outside the tent, says, why do you laugh? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? Now here, I don't think that God is reprimanding Sarah. It's more like God is inviting her to be a part of the conversation. Culturally speaking, at this time, what Abraham did is kind of what was expected. Men would deal with men, that's the way it was. But God makes sure Sarah isn't left out. She's just as much of the part of the promise as Abraham is. See, sometimes I think we're like Abraham. We wanna be the good host. We wanna feel important. We wanna take credit when we can. Or maybe it's the other way around for you. You think, okay, there are some special people. There are people that God has this calling for, uh, but not me. This promise for a meaningful life that just isn't for me. But that's not true. That's for everyone. God goes out of the way to make clear, make it clear that Sarah is a part of this promise too. Later we see that Hagar and Ishmael, they get this promise from God. And then the promise about Abraham and Sarah's descendants, it's eventually a blessing for the whole world. It's for everyone. See, we might try to limit God's promises to a few important people, but God's blessing, this promise for a meaningful life, it's for all of us. So sure enough, the story goes on and this promise comes true. Sarah gives birth to a son and they name him Isaac. And the Bible, remember that names always matter. They always have meanings. And Isaac or Itzhak means to laugh. And Sarah tells us why they name him that. She says this, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne a son in his old age. God brought Sarah laughter. Think about laughter changes. I mean, at first she laughs, but it's like this bitter chuckle. Because she always hoped to have children, and she knew she was too old, it never happened. Man, God gives this unbelievable news, and incredibly it comes true, she gives birth to a child. And then it changes. Sarah embraces a different, true kind of laughter that comes from joy. It says, God brought me laughter, and then she invites everyone. Everyone will join in and laugh with me. It's like she was so sure she knew what was left in her life. She knew how it would end, and then it took a new direction. And she never wants to forget that laughter that took her from despair, this bitter chuckle, into joy, and so she names her son Isaac. It reminds me of something Jesus said in the Beatitudes. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Someday, no matter how dark things may feel at the moment, you will laugh, and it won't be this bitter chuckle. You will look back and laugh from this place of joy, a belly laugh at what God has done, whether it's in this life or the next. Now, I wish I could say that whatever you're hoping for, like Sarah, the miracle would come true. I wish I could say that, but we know life isn't that simple. It's not that simple in the Bible either. You know, Sarah and Abraham get what they're hoping for, but that doesn't happen to everyone. And even the two of them, they don't have this carefree life after this. 
Sarah gets so bitter that she banishes Hagar and Ishmael to the wilderness, hoping that they'll die. And then Abraham almost sacrifices his son Isaac. I mean, that must have been pretty traumatic for their family. Life isn't always easy for them. That's not the point. What we see is God takes these moments where we think we're done. We think all we've got left is a bitter chuckle, and God gives us hope for something better, that someday we'll be filled with this joy that makes you belly laugh. Blessed are you who weep now, for one day you will laugh again. Amen. Thank you.